Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch <laughs> Welcome to our variety show for people who have to do their intro twice. <laughs> That's us, because we don't know why we're here. We don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But here we are, indeed. And um, we watched some content for you this week. We Because that's what we do on this show. Um, And, you know, both of this content, both of these content, (laughs) all two of these content... (laughs) A joke I've already made tonight. <laughs> they all sparked joy. They absolutely did. <laughs> Do you think Marie Kondo's biggest regret in life is not putting a copyright on sparking joy so that we all have to pay royalties every time we make a joke about it on the internet? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 1,000%. Yes. Because <laughs> even if she does it now, it's too late. Mm-hmm. It was a real missed opportunity. Just a real missed opportunity. Um, well, we watched Tidying Up with Marie Kondo because fucking everybody on planet Earth has been watching that since New Year's. Mm-hmm. And as you're all decluttering your closets, we are cluttering your podcast feeds with hot takes. Yes. <laughs> that was smooth. I didn't even pre-write that one. <laughs> that was just off the top of the old noggin. Wow. <laughs> I've been practicing folding my thoughts vertically and arranging them in order for <laughs> Wow. You're funny tonight. <laughs> oh boy. Um <sighs> and then- <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then we watched something that we've been hoping to watch. For a long time. <laughs> Which is off-season Hallmark. Yeah. This just happened to me. Kelsey found this gem by the grace of God. It truly and was. And here we are. <laughs> I don't even remember how it happened. I don't know. You just sent me a screenshot of your DVR. And all <laughs> all that happened was my phone screen was, screen was overcome with... A large A-shaped cape. Yes. It was the whitest and widest coat I've ever seen. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) What movie was it? It is called Winter Princess. A Winter Princess. The Winter Princess. Again, we don't know. Winter for princess. (laughs) Winter. Princess for winter? (laughs) A princess in winter. (laughs) I'm willing to put down money that at least two of those become different movies in the next year. (laughs) They will. For those of you who do want to follow along, it is technically a winter princess. Mm. Yes, it is part of... Um, oh shit. It's Hallmark Channel doing a winter 
It's like Winter Palooza. Yeah, I forget something. what the actual name is, but um, Hallmark Winter. It's like a winter storm of content that's just <laughs> cranking out. Winter series. It's it's Winterfest. Some... Yeah, that's what it is. Winterfest. So it seems like they've got a lot of sh- lot happening, and we'll get to that <laughs> after five we new original joy. movie premieres every weekend in January. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one called Snow Coming, which yep, yep, yep. also is probably a porn, <laughs> yep. so good job, yep. Mark. Yep. <laughs> um, there's one called A Winter Proposal. Ooh. Winter Love Story. One of the movies <laughs> is literally called Winter Love Story. Holy shit, Kelsey, worlds collide. I'm oh, no. Snapchat, this is a real-time reaction. Oh, no. Hot damn. Oh no. Oh no. Is this mm, weird uncle? Oh. What's happening? <laughs> here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Alright. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Trash dog. <laughs> Y'all, the dog in the promotional picture for Winter Love Story is definitely related to the trash dog from our favorite summer series, Downward Dog. Wow. Wow, I was not ready for that. Nope. And then we have a Winter Princess, and yep. then we have Winter Castle. Ooh. And then we have one winter proposal. Just one. I kind of wish they were all in the same canon. Yeah. Like, that would be a fun Hallmark thing to do. That would be fun. Like, really just tie the whole thing together. Yeah. They could do it kind of like Black Mirror, where it's left a little ambiguous whether or not it's truly the same canon. But then, like, one winter proposal has, like, a magazine... With a picture of Princess Carlotta. Yeah, it's like the same as The Good Place in Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's like a little Sebastian in the corner. Oh, it'd be so good. Um, Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So um, we are going to start by taking out all of our shows and putting them (laughs) on the floor. (laughs) And holding each of them in our hands. You didn't think our podcast house yet. I forgot to greet the podcast. Hold on. Let me greet the podcast home. That is not terribly friendly to an audio medium, but rest assured that I am practicing some mindfulness. Yeah. And I'm standing back in the corner as your assistant, (laughs) not saying anything and not making eye contact. Because I only give like half of my clients instructions on what they're supposed to do during my rituals. It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> so we're gonna start with Marie Kondo. <laughs> oh my god! I like the energy in yeah. this podcast house. Same. I think it's ready to receive the life we've envisioned for it. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. So I watched this mm, like a couple days after it came out because mm-hmm. I got the flu, and I just watched every single episode of the course of like. 
two days, maybe? Yep. But I was also, so I was, like, a little delirious, and then, you know, like, laying on the couch, and then I'd, like, get up and get a drawer from the bedroom and take it out and put it on the couch and empty it out and start folding things. Yep. (laughs) Coughing on them. It was great. So good. Yeah. So that was the state in which I watched Marie Kondo without any alcohol, <laughs> but with cough medicine. I, um, I knew about the book from like a long time ago, so I came into the show with like a great amount of bias, and I wasn't gonna watch it because y'all know I have some weird shit about like when stuff gets hot and everyone's watching it. Yeah. Um, and then I needed something to watch while nursing, and then I also got sick Uh so then i ended up watching it and let me tell you there were just a lot more episodes than i thought there were it's a solid amount i think it's like 10 8 yeah it's like a lot i thought there were like six Mm -mm. um nope there's a lot and so here's what i'll say okay um when this show came out and all of the writers on Twitter, started writing about it and tweeting about it. Everyone was sort of losing their minds over how, like, sweet and wonderful it was. Mm-hmm. And that was part of what was so off-putting to me. Shocking to no one. Yeah. Is I just, like, I've seen so many of these, like, life improvement shows. I didn't need it to be, like, by herself, but for tidying. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I just didn't need that kind of, like, feel-good shit right now. (laughs) Anyway. I don't need to feel good. I don't need to feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Life is meaningless. (laughs) Um, Because it just is, like, it's too much, and these shows are always selling a product, and that product is the host, and, like, either their previous books or their future book deals. Mm Mm-hmm. Or they're selling consumerism or like both so that was like my resistance to it i when i came out the other end with all the same problems with it that i started with Mm -hmm. but i also found it really endearing see it's like i still don't like it but i really like it how many did you watch all of them oh my god it's like the best surprise ever i know i actually watched a whole content i'm so proud of you i know i really thought you would have watched like three fluent wow good job natively conversant in this series i'm so proud of you i'm a little proud of myself too wow this changes the whole dynamic of this episode okay wow okay so my reaction i wasn't as like hesitant as you were Mm -hmm. i was hesitant about her process because i knew that she was basically the crazy person who made you like throw out all your shit Mm -hmm. was like the the basic understanding i had yeah (laughs) and i thought it was silly that she was like things spark joy but what i was hoping it would be was like i know some people are looping it in with, like, salt, fat, acid, heat because they're both Netflix originals that are kind of in this way. Mm. Um, but I was just hoping it would be more, like, in that 
nice TV vein and less in the, like, hoarder's vein. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm here for it if it's nice and endearing. (laughs) Yeah. But I didn't want it to be, like, let's watch this spectacle of people who have a problem. Right, right, right. And, like, some of them did have problems, but they were, like... Yeah. I like that it's... The approach is, like, more... Everyone probably has... Is at least one of these people, right? Yeah. So, I guess that was, like... That's where I come at it from both sides, because it was a problem I had the whole time, and a thing I liked about it, is you're right, like, the whole point of the way that they structured the season arc is that it's supposed to be like here's a bunch of different people at different stages in life yeah so they have two different couples with young children but they're like at two very different stages of their like marriage and child rearing Mm -hmm. and then they had um some couples with older children and they had like empty nesters and they have a widow and they have newlyweds and they have a gay couple and a lesbian couple yeah what other archetypes am I missing? I feel like that was most of them. That was most of them. They didn't have um, any, like, single bachelors, which I feel like would have been interesting, but... Yeah, it would have been interesting to do that, and it would have been interesting to do, like, a fresh out of college mm-hmm. kind of thing, which I know sounds, like, weird, but no. I know when I was moving back out of my college apartments home and then when I had to move from home into my first like grown-up apartment yeah I was sort of left in this bizarre limbo of digging through a weird combination of shit that was either like leftover from middle and high school or like random shit I acquired during college that may or may not have even been mine yeah I definitely went through a phase after college where I threw out like three quarters of my belongings that I'd accumulated same same And I think, like, that's an interesting stage of life because her whole thing is, like, that it's a lifestyle commitment. Yep. And so if the whole point is that you're supposed to be building a sense of intention for what you want to, like, bring into your future. Yeah. That's, like, a stage of life to do that intervention. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's writing more books as we speak, so maybe that'll come up. Yeah. So... Do you want to, like, run down her basic format? Sure. So there's four steps. Mm-hmm. Five, right? Four. Okay. It's always four. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I um, swear there's five. No, it's four. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's five! Damn it! How many steps <laughs> in? I believe you've watched it more f- recently than I have. Oh, wait. This one says five, but they never count count to five in the Netflix. They always end on kimono. But there is a fifth one. Um, so it's clothes. Oh, because this one's counting papers as a separate one. And in the show, at least, she lumps papers in with books. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's always in the list as a separate item. But, she, but it never shows yes. up as a separate lesson. Yes, correct. And there are multiple times, at least in the first few episodes, where she holds up the number four while she's explaining her method. Listen, I'm just saying I was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I care about. Anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking watch some intros again. <laughs> um, 
So anyway, there's there's some number of steps, and they are uh, <laughs> clothes, books, yep, maybe papers, yep. <laughs> a step she calls kimono, which is I'm, like a whole thing. I have a lot of feelings about kimono. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get there. <laughs> and then <laughs> sentimental items. Yeah. So the idea with each step is that during that phase, you only you or only look at the items in that category. So you start with clothing and you take all your clothes from wherever the fuck in your house <laughs> they live, which for some people is like it's like you people live like fucking squirrels and just have to like stash your t-shirts under trees for the winter. Yeah. Um so you have to take all your clothes and put them in a pile. And then you have to hold each item one by one and determine whether or not the item sparks joy for you. Yeah. And if it doesn't, you thank it, show it gratitude, and you throw it the fuck away. So my question about the clothes portion is she never mentions, like, does it fit or not? Like, should you Mm. try it on? And is that when you determine when it sparks joy? Because it's always when they're holding it. Yeah, so she has a couple of people who she gets into it with in like really specific ways and i'm guessing that there was more of that content that got cut Mm -hmm. from those two episodes so i'm thinking of they're both like at the end of the um the series there's the woman who i can't remember her name she and her husband have a real big house and two little kids and they're hoping to have a third yeah and she has like a ton of clothes and she keeps, like, saying that the problem is that the clothes that spark joy for her don't fit. Yeah, And the that's clothes right. that do fit don't spark joy. Yeah. And Marie's whole thing was sort of like, uh, I can't remember how she phrased it, but it was basically just like, you are too worried about this. Just, like, hold the clothes and decide if you like it. Mm. And I think it was like go through the process and figure out what sparks joy for you, and then as you have to buy more clothes that fit you. Like, make them more like these clothes. Yeah, like, buy stuff that sparks joy. Yeah. Um, And then there was another woman who had a dress from Mm, her grandmother that didn't fit her anymore, but because her grandmother bought it for her, it sparked a lot of joy. And she was like, keep it for now. And... You know, because you don't have to get rid of anything. Yeah. And you can decide later. And she ultimately decides to get rid of it because she realizes that material items aren't a good replacement for memories. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't... I'm assuming on the whole, it's, like, up to you to decide if, like, owning stuff that fits you is good for your life or not. <laughs> I see. There's a lot of you flexibility know, in her plan. Yeah, which is, like, the thing I've come around to a little bit. Yeah. When I heard, I think the thing that ruined Marie Kondo for me is other people's take. (laughs) Spoken like a true Kirstie. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a girl who can only do one. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I heard other people talk about it, I felt like you, where it was like, okay, this lady just comes in and tells me to throw all my shit away. I was assuming she was like a minimalist. Right, and she's not. She's not at all. I mean, I think she probably is in her own home. Yeah. But that's not what she's selling. No. She doesn't tell anyone how much to give away. And 
a lot of different clients in the show ask her if they should throw individual items away, and she never answers the question. No. Like, her MO is not, like, just throw away your shit. She's like, do you want to have this item in your responsibility? Like, do you want to have to clean this item? Do you want to have to carry this item around with you? Right. And that's all she's asking you to think about. Yeah. Yeah, and she leaves the criteria of what sparks joy up to you in that sense, because for her it's all about, like, the way you regard stuff in your space is what, like, gives you quality of life. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is the very long answer to what you're supposed to do about whether or not your clothes fit you. (laughs) Well, I was thinking, like, whenever I've had, like, gone through my closet, I have to try, like, everything on. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I could just hold something and be like, this sparks, like, I could for things that I know I wear all the time, but. Right. There's a lot of other stuff that's just like, I don't know, does it fit? Yeah. Yeah, so I went through a process like this in the fall where I was getting rid of a bunch of my stuff, and there were a lot of things that, like, kind of fit, kind of didn't, and I kind of tucked them away because I was like, well, they're practical and, like, maybe I'll come back to them. Yeah. But I do feel like now when I do it in the spring, I'm just going to throw them away. Yeah. Because I feel like I already know that even though I can, like, technically wear them, they don't spark joy. That's why they're in a dresser in my basement. I was surprised how, like, that actually works. <laughs> Sparking joy. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your process, because Kelsey low-key conmarie her bedroom. No, I, I, no. I really only did the folding part, which is, like, half the battle, but not the important part. <laughs> <laughs> Be, but, like, it's because when we moved, I just got rid of a bunch of my clothes, so I don't actually have to do it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I did go through the dresser and, like... A lot of stuff isn't mine that I just, like, went through and folded. So my all the drawers look great. Danny does not love it, but that's okay. <laughs> he thinks I'm a Are loon. you just going to be in charge of folding now? I mean, I always have been, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Laundry is in my domain. Okay. Because cooking dinner is not. Right, right, right. That's my situation. Um, But what was funny was... I don't keep as much stuff in the drawers because I hang up a lot of my clothes, but when I was folding my stuff, I would just come across something, and I I found this, like, I was folding all my t-shirts, and I found one t-shirt, and I just hate how it fits. Yeah. For some reason, it's, like, not a comfortable t-shirt, and I looked at it, and I was like, no, this doesn't spark joy, (laughs) and I threw it on the floor because I was like, I'm not even going to fold this, and so it's still on the floor. Like, three weeks later. But well, that doesn't sound like it sparks joy. <laughs> no, but it did not get into the drawer, which is the important thing. That's true. And then when I did another, I did my, like, folded all my socks the way she wants you to fold your socks. And then I was like, oh, I can get rid of half my socks. And, like, I don't feel guilty about it, which is something that I think in the past I've been like, well, these aren't worn out, so I should yeah. keep them. So I do think that's, like, one really important thing in her method is... um like, I think this is part of why she teaches you to, like, say thank you to every item. Mm-hmm. Um, is It's not about guilt for throwing stuff away. And, uh, like, my grandmother was, like, a low-key hoarder. So when she died, we had to, like, de-hoard the house. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it took five years. Yeah. Approximately. I think the last load just got taken out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
like a thing my mom and I talked about a lot was just like the sheer amount of shit that got thrown out and like the amount of money that was spent on that stuff, both when it was purchased and to throw it out. Yeah. And so there's like, it's so easy to go down like a rabbit hole of like, of guilt about getting rid of stuff, which I guess is why people squirrel stuff away. Yeah. Um, And her whole thing is like, don't feel guilty, just get rid of it and remember that for the future as you buy new shit. Yeah. Which I think is really useful. I do too. I have kind of gotten into that mindset a couple years ago. Like, as I've moved a couple times now, it's been, like, easier and easier to throw things away. So it was nice to have that reinforcement of, like, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, throwing stuff away is okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, once you do your clothes, then you have to do your books and papers? Yep. Oh, so... The other thing I was going to say during clothes, because you started to say it with your uh, shirt example, is the reason she has you go through that process is because it's teaching you how to tell what sparks joy. So it gets easier Mm -hmm. with every step to make the decision. Yeah. Which is smart. It is smart. It took me like seven episodes to understand that's what she was playing at. And then I was like, dang, girl. Right? Um, So Kelsey has already honed her sense of what sparks joy. Yeah. So good job. Thanks. Now you can move on to books. Yeah. So books and papers are considered two separate topics. She she always goes over clothes with people, but she rarely does books or paper unless it's like a circumstance where they have a lot of that shit. Yeah. And those are like this. It's the exact same process for books as it is for clothes. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see the people who like had really strong feelings about having books yeah, because I don't think I'm one of those people. I have like a fair amount of books, but I don't have like a lot of books. I think we have like a ridiculous amount of books. You do, especially yeah. now that you have a child. <laughs> Our children's library is borderline embarrassing. <laughs> Our child better do really fucking good on like whatever the equivalent of the ACTs or SATs is by the time she's in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we at the time. That I was due, we had, Lauren made a spreadsheet of all the books that we had, which has not remained updated. Um, <laughs> we had 101 mm-hmm. children's books. We I have more. <laughs> don't want to know how many we have now. <laughs> and yet you still go to the library. <laughs> and we go to the library every two weeks. And I think the, the not this last time that we went, but the time before that. Uh, we had so many books that we had to get, we had to stop using our tote bag that we'd been using and we've since switched to like a bucket, like, you know, those, um, like cloth ones for bookshelves. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) yeah, we we didn't get as many last time because I was like, (laughs) I think it was like 20 books. Wow. Yeah. We have too many books. Um, However, we're doing a thousand books before kindergarten, and my six-month-old has read three hundred and forty as of today. <laughs> Once you get to a thousand, you just stop. You just stop. No more reading until kindergarten. No more reading. You're done. You've met your quota. <laughs> it's a really good lesson to learn at one year old. Yeah, yeah. Um, anywho, it started a really fun debate on Twitter between mm-hmm. people who are really obsessed with their books and people who resent people who start things on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a lot of feelings about the book 
the book issue. Yeah. But it is um, it is a thing. It is a thing. Um then we get into kimono. <laughs> kimono. Kimono is where the whole system falls apart to me. 100%. You're, li- you're listening to Marie Kondo talk and you're like, "Yeah, I get it. You start with the easy stuff. Great. You move on to the uh, to the next step and this is stuff no one likes to do." And then she's like, the third step is kimono, which is kitchen, garage, and everything miscellaneous. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so then I just have to do my entire fucking house, right. is what you're telling me. And I just have to do the whole goddamn house. She's like, if I hide it under this random word, <laughs> it seems like it's not that bad. <laughs> Even she, like, kind of flounders when she has to describe it, because she's just sort of like, it's like your kitchen... And your garage, and then, like, I don't fucking know. What else you got? Right. Like, your random <laughs> closets, your craft supplies, your whatever. And, like, I, I get that every person's house is different, and so everyone's, like, issues are different. Mm-hmm. But, like, there had to be a better way to do that. Well, and then, like, what about the people who just have a lot of, like, I don't know, stockpiled shit from Costco? Yeah. Like, is that kimono? What about people yeah, who have a lot of, like, cleaning supplies? I think that's all kimono. I guess. Like, I think my my basement pantry, a.k.a. the cave, <laughs> would fall under kimono. Yeah. And I think when you when they have to do all their bathroom drawers, like, I think that's all kimono. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Linen closets. There was an episode where um, they spent a little bit of time on, like, storage for pet supplies. Mm-hmm. I think that's kimono. Yeah. The, like... Electric power cords for whatever yep. things you have that yep. apparently you're supposed to put in little tiny boxes, which is the funniest joke I've ever heard. Yeah, That's kimono. <laughs> what I want to know about her boxes, like, I really admire her dedication to the boxes. Yeah. But, like, how does she, how much time in Marie's life is spent figuring out which boxes are the right combination to fit exactly within bigger boxes. Well, what I also want to know is, like, do all tiny boxes spark joy for her, and does she have a thousand of them at her house? Yeah, seriously. Like, is that her secret, like, guilty thing that she's not, like, tidy about, is boxes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I get that Like, she has a box room somewhere in her house. Yeah. And, like, do you suppose at some point she has to, like, stop and, like... Con Marie her boxes. Well, maybe. And, like, what's the threshold for, like, how many boxes should you have on hand at any you know, given time? I would guess that she probably has her boxes nested within each other on display mm. in a place and manner that sparks joy. Probably. Arranged by size and color. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure she also categorizes her boxes. Oh, yeah. Because she has to know which boxes she likes to use for, like, socks and ties versus electrical cords. Right. She definitely does. But, like, she tried to show the example of, like, what to do with all your HDMI cords. And she had, like, this one charger per box. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> My sweet, sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, when Lauren and I moved, we threw away at least a box of random cords that we couldn't place. Yeah. And we still have two boxes. Yes. In our basement. I mean, they're small boxes, but they are boxes of cords nonetheless. Oh, yeah. We have, like, one of those whole bins 
yeah, full of cords, and it's just like, well, good luck. Hope you find We've what you're looking for. We've gone through them multiple times. Lauren and I both took parental leave for twelve weeks, so we were both home yep. together for twelve weeks. We <laughs> went through those fucking cords. They're still in our basement. Yes, they are. Maybe if you had individual boxes, it would help, though. That's true. I think the problem is that we haven't displayed them in a manner that makes them easy to see and access. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. The show did make me go out and buy a clear tote for all of our Christmas stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> I've already been using that system for, like, my mom uses it, so I just adopted it when I became an adult. Yeah. Um, I've been but- really lazy because totes cost money and cardboard boxes don't <laughs> uh see i fucking love a good tote mm. i'd like spend my money on them needlessly mm-hmm. just put all my shit in totes i don't arrange my shit though so then it just ends up like piled in the tote and then it's not that much more helpful yeah. but i do like them i think you know what happened to me is my freshman year of college i lived in a hotel and <laughs> yep um you had to like move all your shit in in like labeled totes Mm. and then over winter break we had to pack all of our stuff up and move it back out of the hotel Mm. and then we had to move it back into the hotel that's weird and then they claimed they had to do maintenance it was a whole thing like nothing about that situation wasn't weird but (laughs) right (laughs) i mean let's start with the fact that i lived at the holiday inn for a year yeah um and then I had to move back out. So for like a solid year, I pretty much just lived in a tote. Yeah, without your yeah. pressure cooker. I had that fucking rice cooker for two days. <laughs> for Obama's inauguration, I sat in my computer chair provided to me by the Holiday Inn, and I made stir fry in a rice cooker. And I watched Obama's inauguration, and it was the best goddamn day of my life yeah. after eating off of the Whole Foods salad bar for half of a year. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, my RA took my rice cooker because of a faulty health report for another student's room. Wow. I've never gotten over it. Nope. <sighs> Nor should you. Um... What was the last... Oh, sentimental is the last thing. Sentimental. She really didn't do sentimental for many people. Pretty I think it, everyone's episode ended at Kimono. It depended on the person, though, because the empty nesters with the baseball cards was sentimental. Yep. And then the widow had, like, all of her episode was that. Yeah, I don't think they did the category for her, though, because I, like, I think it's exactly that, like... yeah. I think Marie was going to try to save her husband's clothes for sentimental. She was, but, but she was then, like, no. No, I want to do it during the clothing phase. And so she just never really had to do that. Yeah. So what episode did you... Should we talk about the best or the worst? <laughs> uh, Let's talk about... Best. Okay. What was your favorite? Genuinely, not hate watchy. <laughs> no, I know. Um, maybe the the gay couple. Mm-hmm. Um, which I didn't think at first I was gonna like them, but I really liked them by the end. I liked or, them, but I didn't feel like their situation almost like warranted the whole Marie Kondo treatment, except for the dude's tweak about paperwork. Yeah, it, yes, yes. <laughs> he needed a little help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. What was your favorite? I don't know that I actually had one. I think the ones I liked the best. Um, I liked The Widow. I didn't love that one. It felt a little too too intrusive, but I thought that it was like she seemed like she benefited from it. She did. I think I like the structure of that episode and I like seeing that Marie's method worked mm-hmm. for someone in that stage of life because like I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. Um I just don't think I liked that individual. Okay. I think I had a reaction to her personality. Yeah. The other ones that I liked maybe equally? I liked the family who had downsized and who, like, the dad and the kids just, like, didn't help. Was that the baseball card family? No. That was the ones they had moved, and so they, like, the kids shared a room and oh that family the mom did all the work and they were like it's not really a home here and they were all sassy but they seemed like they got some value out of it and they all learned that like they had to contribute yeah so that family was interesting to me for two reasons i really liked them they were all very sweet and nice yeah but it was interesting to me for two reasons number one one of my problems with the show is that some of these families have like some issues that I would like to see them go to therapy for. We're going to get there in one second. Yep. Okay. (laughs) I don't even mean that, like, judgmentally or ironically. There are, like, a couple of people in particular who said things where I was like, ooh, I would like you to seek some help for that. Like, I would like you to talk to someone about that because I think you could be making some healthier choices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And this family was one of them because the mom – the whole family talks a lot about how um, the mom does everything yeah. and they all need her. Yeah. But it's because the mom was setting it up that way. Like, yeah. the mom was organizing everything because she wanted everybody to ask her where everything was. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a whole thing there. Yeah. And I think sometimes people were so comfortable with the production team in a way that often happens in reality TV show, but too real. Yeah. That, like, these very real problems were put out there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, this is too close. (laughs) So that was number one. Number two, Marie Kondo is secretly a feminist icon. Mm -hmm. She uses this method to prove to men in particular because of heteronormativity Mm -hmm. that they need to help Yeah, I felt that way about the Empty Nester one, too. Yeah, and in another episode, which I believe you are about to talk about, (laughs) she uses it to prove to the mom that the mom is, like, unfairly blaming the husband of being a useless husband. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it goes both ways. Yes. Um, But, like, the whole point of the method is that, like, this is everybody's space and everyone's responsible for it. Yeah. Yeah. Let it spark joy for you. Right. So the episode that did not spark joy for me <laughs> was the first one. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people say that the first one was, like, the most harrowing. Yeah, I think this is, like, universally the most controversial. So what was interesting was that Netflix, when I started watching, I was on my TV app for Netflix, 
and it was like that landing page that you first get to that's just like playing a preview of whatever they're trying to push. Yep. And it was tidying up. And so I just clicked like watch and it started me on the second episode and I feel like Netflix knows. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) they might. I think they know. Several people told me, because there was some space between me watching the first one and watching the rest. Yeah. And several people told me that if they could have chosen the order for me, they wouldn't have chosen that one. Yes. That one's a hot mess in about a million ways. It's a lot going on there. Like, this is the problem with reality TV that focuses mostly on heteronormative couples. There are a lot of really dysfunctional relationship dynamics out there. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people who have dysfunctional relationships are raising kind of shitty children. Yes. Yes. (laughs) These people were also just, like, everyone on the show is in the L.A. area. Yeah. But these people were, like, peak L.A. millennial parents. Yep. And I didn't need that. Nope. No one needs that. Nope. No one needs it. They had a lot no of, like, live, it. laugh, love on their walls. Too much of it. Mm. Like, they could have been, like, from Missouri. Yeah. And this was the one that felt most like I was watching a different type of reality show than what yeah. I signed up for. Because they have this weird, like, talking <laughs> head with the couple. And they start, like, getting mad at each other over doing the laundry. And it's, like, not fun and like haha we're on tv playing this character it's like bickery and mean and like one of them i can't remember who like raises their voice at one point yeah and i was like yeah it's not good and also just like pay for the goddamn laundry if that's what's gonna spark joy for you people it's so funny the laundry has been one of the most controversial aspects of that um episode i've noticed yes People really come down on both sides of it. I kind of fell down on the side of, like, that seemed like an odd thing to pay for until I started seeing people, like, really coming out in force for paying for the laundry. I think, like, me personally, I would not pay for laundry. Yeah. But it was almost like a reaction to the husband being such a douche about it. Mm. (laughs) And I was like, fine. Because she was like, I just don't want to do it. And we can afford to pay the laundry. And it gives me time to do whatever else I'm going to do. And like, and he was like, well, I just don't know why you can't do the laundry. Yeah, that was not a good look on him when he said that. It's like, well, you can do the laundry, sir. Yeah, you do the laundry. Um, I think my issue with it is that it seemed less like she legitimately needed it for time management purposes and more just because it seemed like she needed it for coping skills. Yeah. I mean, I think it was also like a bit of a petty argument between the two of them that she was trying to win. Yeah. Yeah. Like she she just came off the whole episode as like someone who just can't cope. Mm hmm. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it's so interesting. Yeah. So, we've spent 49 minutes on Marie Kondo. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I have more to say, too, so. Me, too. I know. We could just go all night. Do you have any final thoughts, or do you want to move on? Um, let's move on, because someone has to edit this episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, y'all should watch it. Yeah. And, like, don't get too uptight about it. Don't throw away your shit if you don't want to. 
If you don't believe in vertical folding, just, like, don't do it because I'm not gonna. I am. Um, And, <laughs> like, if you take something away from it, then, like, fine. Yeah. You also get yeah. to see some pretty, like, <sighs> a variety of home decorating choices that are probably not in your taste. Oh, yeah. And no one comments on it. And it's no weird. One. But I like it. You know, that, like, the one of the very nice things that kind of drove me crazy that everyone talked about is how non-judgmental Marie is. Yeah. But, like, Marie comes in and could not give less of a flying fuck about <laughs> no. what is going on inside of the walls of your home. Oh, yeah. Everyone's, like, embarrassed by how messy their shit is. And she's like, nah, I like the mess. And, like, yeah, no one talks about the fact that this woman is, like, hoarding Christmas supplies in her entire basement and it's, like, the weird snowman that Hallmark would give you for free in 2003. <laughs> right. She's just like, oh, you have 10,000 of these snowmen. What is your plan for displaying them in a manner that sparks joy during the off-season? <laughs> right. <laughs> there was one person that may have been the same house who, like, they had these ratty ass towels like they were just falling apart but they had folded them vertically and put them away and she's like oh yeah you did a good job <laughs> and i'm like can we not address that they need to buy new towels <laughs> no no her agenda is like so straightforward i kind of love it she does not care about you or your shit she just wants you to tidy it <laughs> That's, like, kind of my work MO, too. But, like, so yeah, fine. right. But also not even, like, tidy it the way she wants. She wants you to tidy it however it sparks joy for you, and that's close enough. As long as it's folded vertically, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she would not be thrilled when she sees my dresser at the end of my process. No. But you know what? I, I already know the vertical folding doesn't spark joy for me because I can't even handle normal folding. No, you can't. Talk about coping hate, skills that you lack. I hate folding so much. Tomorrow I have to do another load of laundry and then I have three loads of laundry I have to put away. Okay, but if you put them away when you did them, you wouldn't have this problem. But then I'd have to do it like every two days. Oh, it's so oh. hard. It is so hard. I put a folding table in my basement and it really sparked joy for me. That's probably what I should do. Because then it's right there, and you just take things out of the dryer one by one, and then you fold it right there, and it's done. But then I have to, like, spend time in my basement. Your basement is finished, at least. Mine isn't. I hate laundry. Huh. <laughs> I'll do your laundry next weekend. You can bring it okay. down. But don't bring well, me diapers. I, mean, <laughs> no, I can, like, put it in the washing and drying machine. Like, Yeah, but I'll vertically fold times. it for you and put it in your car. But I still have to... <laughs> And then I have to put it in my dresser. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm an adult child. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. We need to move on before people stop listening. <laughs> this is mostly all going to get cut. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Baby. So, moving on from one thing that sparks joy to another thing that absolutely sparks joy. Oh, so much joy. Uh, Winter Princess that we already told you about a little bit. I don't know how it happened. I came across it last weekend. I think it was on my TV guide or something, but I immediately looked for it and it was going to be on at 4 a.m. <laughs> and I was like, record! <laughs> <laughs> and then I started watching it and I realized how delightful it was. And then we had to do an episode. And here we yeah. are. That's how we got here. 
Winter, winter for princess. Winter for princess. So, <laughs> this is like everything I wanted in Hallmark Christmas and didn't get. Yes. Um, it is about a princess from a place that I'm gonna withhold for now because I just so wanted good. to reveal it at the right time because yeah, um, it is a princess and she is like. On a gap year from being a princess, which I guess you can do. And <laughs> apparently, she chooses to spend her time as a, like, events plebe. Like, not an events manager, but an events plebe. At a ski resort in Colorado. So she's, like, been a plebe there for a while. And then she's supposed to go back home after a year to go for her birthday. And she's a twin. So she, she's supposed to go back home, so there's a deadline. And then the events person leaves, so then she becomes, like, the de facto events person, and she's like, I have a purpose here. And she gets assigned to plan this, like, ball of some kind. And the resort owner's brother comes to town to help from a competing ski resort. And... So they both have to team up to throw the winter ball. And there's also this subplot about, like, there not being enough uh, year-round jobs at the ski resort. Which, like, duh. (laughs) It used to be magical in the summer. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, all ski resorts are sad in the summer. It's okay. All of them. Hallmark. Even Um, the ones with water parks. Yeah. So, that's a whole thing. And then her brother, like, and his friend comes to town. Just, like, for shits. And I kept thinking the whole time that they were supposed to be the secret gay couple of this movie. And then I had to keep remembering that that wasn't the agenda. (laughs) (laughs) I also kept thinking that her brother was supposed to be the third of the love triangle. <laughs> yeah. And then I kept being like, wait, wait, no, it's the even blander fake British one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're all fake British. And then she is has an American accent, which they excuse because she went to boarding school here for four years. Yeah, which apparently makes your entire accent go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what am I missing? There's a lot here. So the guy who's the brother is, like, the main love interest, and then he finds out she's a secret princess. The brother of the owner of the hotel, to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two brothers involved. (laughs) She's only dating one of them. (laughs) And it's not her own. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, the pipes break. Yep. That's Hallmark's favorite plot of all time. Wow, I definitely thought you were further into the plot than this. Okay. No, I, I was, but now I'm looking at my notes and trying to see what, what I had missed, and that was yeah, that was yeah, one of them. So they because they the have ballroom. to yeah, so they have to find a new venue for the ball, yeah. and so they have some hijinks, and they end up quote discovering the summit lodge that has been used only for storage, which like. If you've ever 
been to a ski resort, you generally know that a summit lodge is open and, like, an attraction and something that they make money off of. And also, if it's as new as the one in this movie, they wouldn't just use it for storage. (laughs) No. This one is, like, an exact replica of a events facility that they built at um, one of the museums Mm -hmm. in town. And I was looking at it, and I was like, just, like, the amount of heating that they would have to put into it to keep the pipes from bursting every winter. Yeah. There's no way that they'd be able to forget. Because, like, the whole thing is essentially, like, three stories of glass. It's this extremely fancy events hall. But it's not meant to be an events hall. That's the other thing. In the narrative. it's Right. It's meant to be a lodge, which means it's, like, gross. Right. And people trape snow into it all the time. And, like, there's some nasty ski resort food. Right. Which is not, like, any of y'all who know anything about resorts, when you see this building in this film, you'll know what we're talking about. (laughs) Like, it it is clearly not that kind of facility. Right. But they discover it, and so they decide, like, why don't we use this perfectly good facility that we've had all along? (laughs) Cool. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And then... So her dad comes to town to check in. And then the brother is like, go incognito. So he wears ski goggles. (laughs) Yeah, she, like doesn't tell anyone she's a princess and then she makes her brother not tell anyone yeah and so the dad wants to see her but the brother doesn't want her to know that he's there yeah because then she'll lose her concentration on the event planning which is so important guys so it's so important to her it's so because it's not just even about her anymore it's about the people of snowden peak yeah it's the first time she's ever had purpose in her privileged life Um, so that's why he has to wear the goggles, so that he can see her, but she can't see him. Yeah. (laughs) Have we addressed that this resort is called Snowden Peak yet? Snowden Peak! This is a good time to throw that out there. It's called Snowden Peak. Like, I have questions. My favorite is that there's one shot of someone coming in the doors of their, like, base lodge that's also their office, and there, it's eight and a half by 11 printouts that say Snowden Peak that are just taped on either side of the door. <laughs> I did have the thought. There were several, like, drone shots of these, like, clock towers. Mm-hmm. And someone put, like, a sticker on him that says Snowden Peak. Oh, yeah. And it looks like those stickers that you put on babies when you do their, like, month pictures. <laughs> the quality is so, so poor. It's so good. Uh, but I do want to note that they had real snow in this movie, and you can they tell. They did. They did. So good job, Hallmark. Because there's one scene where it basically looks like it's raining. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because they probably made this in, like, November. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, so then they are having trouble with their RSVPs. 
Yeah. Right? Am I in the right spot in this movie? Well, so, so yeah, like, they, um, they were just going to have the normal guest list, but then, uh, for reasons, because this is before the sale, for yeah. reasons, they decide that they're going to try to drum up business. Oh, because the brother finds out that the, the place isn't performing well in the summer and he has nostalgia. So then he and Carly are like, let's make it good in the summer. Let's boost the economy. They have a lot of feelings about the bakery being closed for like a month during the summer. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, so then they come up with this whole plan to invite all of these event planners to this event at the lodge. So then that way, like, people will want to host weddings there in the summer. Yeah. And then they make this, like, exclusive guest list, and then that's when they start having problems with the RSVPs. Right, right, right. It's because they hear back from all of the, like, normies who yeah. go to the snowball every year. Yeah. Um, But they don't hear back from any of the new people. Right. Which are, like, the fancy folk. Right. And then they're like, if only we had a celebrity, dot, mm. dot, dot. And... Her brother decides to tell the local media that she's a princess and she's there. Mm-hmm. And so it's she gets found out. It's like on the Princess Diaries when they find out that she's yep. a princess and, like, the media all hoards her. Then she's, like, mad at him, but then she, she's fine with it because it's going to bring more people to the ball. Well, he gives this whole speech to her, her brother, yeah. about how he knows that she's too modest to <laughs> to say that she's a princess, even if it would save the souls of the entire town. Yes! <laughs> and the success of her event. So he's like, I know that you're too proud to say that you're a princess, even if it would, like, make your event good and, like, boost the economy of the whole region. So really, I did this for you. Right. It's really weird. <laughs> so wild. But it works, because then all the fancy people start RSVPing. Right. And then there's this whole other thing about her love interest of, like, will he stay or will he go back to Aspen? Yep. And the sister's, like, wants him to stay, and then he's like, I don't know, I have feelings. He just is, he kind of spends the whole movie in his feelings. He does. So, rather than this girl being, like, begrudgingly making an appearance, she's like, let me just whip out my tiara. Yep. And then <laughs> she wears I this, like... I love, too, that she's in America because she's trying not to be a princess. Yeah. But somehow no one had to, like, mail her tiara and sash and shit over. Mm-hmm. Like, she just happened to have... Her tiara, her diamond necklace, her gloves, her gown, her sash. Like, where did the chick come from? Was that in that big crate that came? Maybe. Maybe I don't that's know. what happened. But yeah, she had all that shit, and it is like. It's different. <laughs> it's not like prom dress princess, like in Princess for Christmas. It's a lot more like extra princess. Yeah. Remember in. Princess for Christmas, how you could see her bra straps. Yeah. <laughs> That's unrelated to anything. I just wanted to remind you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have that on our DVR anytime. <laughs> if we need to go back. <laughs> yeah, it's like... 
it's nondescript and blue. Yeah, it's like if someone was going to dress up for Halloween as a Disney princess. Yeah. That's, like, pretty much what they would come out with. Pretty much. And she's, like, over the top. Her dancing is, like... Oh my god, I'm so glad that you felt that was worth saying out loud, too. too much. <laughs> it was, like, she kept, like, tripping up the male lead because she was, like, flourishing so much. <laughs> She's, like, trying not to call attention to myself, but look at all my gestures. <laughs> There's a picture of, it's, like, a still of her in, like, mid-dance, where she's, even, like, her face is, like... I'm sending you a snap. Oh, God. And it was just like, we all know that you're doing this. I don't know who you're trying to sell right now. Like, her dancing was the singing of every Hallmark Christmas movie this year. That is so good. Also, um, when she walks into the venue and they have to take off her giant cape. Oh, my God! Can we talk about this? True, like throws it off of herself like it's like weird princess burlesque or some shit and she just like expects this old man to grab it from her yeah it's like that's the moment she decides that she's gonna practice being a princess yeah oh my god just like the way she like tosses it off of her shoulders yeah and she's like servant pick this up (laughs) yawn plebe right never mind that like Generally speaking, the event planner has to run the event. Not if you're a princess. Well, neither of them seem to be running the event. Like, no, that's true, because he spends the whole time moping. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you're both trying to get promotions here, but this may not be the way. No. Yeah, so then there's this whole thing with her dad about, like... She's happier not being a princess here, so you can just stay here, never mind. <laughs> never mind, just stay. <laughs> um, and then she makes out with this guy in a gondola. Yep. And really it was, aggressively. It was hot for Hallmark. I'm glad you said that second part. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know what I'm about, but I also want to address that you sent me, like, an all-caps message that was like... <laughs> I'm here for it. Never mind. You were right. So there's a scene. I can't even remember exactly what's happening. But, um, oh, they're up at the venue and she's flirting with him about waltzing. Mm -hmm. So she makes him waltz. Yeah. And then he dips her. And when she comes back up, they almost kiss. Yeah. And it's kind of hot for Hallmark. And there's, there's some, like, sexual tension. Yeah. And it's like... The most sexual tension I've ever seen in a Hallmark movie. And for a split second, I was like, okay, I see the argument. See? I see the argument. It makes it better. Yeah. But then I did think about it, and I was like, during the open mouth kiss on the gondola, yeah. I was like, you know, if every movie had an open mouth kiss. Yeah. You know, I just... Meh. But, like, there was a suggestion that there was going to be more happening in that gondola. Yeah, there sure was. <laughs> Which, like, good job, Hallmark. Good job, Hallmark. <laughs> Implied strong sexual content. <laughs> the strong sexual content of Hallmark. <laughs> Alright, can oh, we reveal no. this? Can we reveal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I forgot we hadn't done that yet. Do you want to do the honors? 
No, no, you do it. Okay. This is your win. (laughs) This is maybe my favorite fake European country name of all time. Yep. So we had, we've had Aldovia. We've had more, more, what's that other one? Shit. (laughs) Begin with an M. But. Was it an M? Mal, not Moldova. That's a real place. No. <laughs> I don't know. The one from uh, from Switched at Christmas. I'm trying out all the vowels. It was so annoying. She said it so many times. Hold on. Ma- Montanaro. Montanaro. There it is. Montanaro. Montanaro. So let's let's add to the canon here. <laughs> <laughs> the Republic of Landora. <laughs> it wasn't even the Republic. No, I know. I added just... that. <laughs> Landora. 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 Like, I'm sorry, what? They were literally like, what if we just called this fictitional, fictitional? Fictitious. <laughs> it's rubbing country. off. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> what if we just called this country land? <laughs> Where do we want our main character to be from? I don't know. How about Land? <laughs> Landora. Landora. Every time they said it, it was just unbelievable. I, you know, Hallmark has phoned it in hard before. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, respect. I know. Like, this is, this is what I want. Wow. Like, God bless every Hallmark movie that has a fake European country, a royalty all plot. Be Landora. Yeah. Oh, oh no, Landora. Landora. So, coming full circle here. Sure. Do you remember your thesis? Nope. Okay, so this was a thing that sparked joy for us. And Kirstie's thesis was, is sparking joy the real meaning of Hate Watch? Oh, yeah. No, this is a good one. Fuck me. I can't believe I forgot that. I know. So at some point in in my preparation process, I got really wrapped up in um, what about this movie would have been the same or different if it had made the cut for Hallmark Christmas. Mm, Yep. 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 Because I'm convinced that this script was originally made for the Christmas lineup. Oh, yeah. And then it got scrapped and pivoted to January. Um, so that's why I forgot, because I was too busy thinking about that. Yeah, it's, guys. It's valid. Guys, you know how we talk about the spirit of hate watch mm-hmm. and how we don't really know what it is, because sometimes it's about delight and sometimes it's about irony and sometimes it's about anger and rage. Yep. And sometimes it's about none of those things and it's about just like putting something on TV and getting a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. It's about sparking joy. And we are never going to throw it out. (laughs) We're never going to throw it away. And you know, like, oh my God. (laughs) Sorry, my husband and baby just showed up. Baby 
she's like smiling at me because she's like, you're smiling, but I'm very sad. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I don't know what that reaction was. (laughs) Oh no, she thinks it's very funny. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Our third chair is here. Yay! (laughs) That was really funny. Oh. Um, so <laughs> anyway, I was gonna say something about um something about not throwing shows away. Oh, something about how like just like when you throw stuff away, you say thank you because it served you for a time. Yeah. It's like there's some content that serves us for a time. <laughs> like downward dog. Like downward dog. There's some content that we want to carry forward with us in our lives. Like Hallmark Christmas. <laughs> like Hallmark Christmas. Yeah. There's some content that you just need. Mm-hmm. It's like the kimono of content. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> your Outlander. <laughs> your Outlander, your Parks and Rec. Yep. <laughs> Was that yeah. sentimental, though? <laughs> Uh, that's probably sentimental. <laughs> Which one is the books? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and so, so, because, like, when people ask Marie what sparking joy is, she responds with, like, a little sound. Mm-hmm. She always says it's, like, it's the feeling of, like, ching. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we've been trying to say this whole time is, like, Hate watch is just like this feeling. Yeah. Is that your child? Yeah, okay. Did you hear that? I didn't hear that. <laughs> She's so tired. Oh. Um. Yeah, it's just like I like this thing for reasons. Yeah, and the reasons don't matter all that much. It's just about that feeling that you know. Right. That was a very satisfying realization for me. It's the best explanation we've come up with so far. We've been at this for two years, y'all, and we just now figured out what our show is. <laughs> and it's tidying up with Marie Kondo. <laughs> it's tidying up with Marie Kondo. <laughs> but with strong sexual content. <laughs> no, that no that's not what we want. No, no, we don't want that at the same time. We want both of those things, just not at the same time, Mm -mm. to be extremely clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's compartmentalize those. (laughs) Into different boxes. Into nesting boxes. (laughs) Oh, no. So, if you have content that sparks joy for you, please tell us about it. Especially if it's Hallmark's winter extravaganza. Yes. Or whatever that's called. Um, you can tell us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs. You can email us at HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. You can visit our website, HateWatchWithUs.com. You can't really tell us much there, but you can you can poke around. Um, you can donate to the Sam Ewan Charity CrossFit contest <laughs> that is still ongoing. We have a link to it on our website. It will be in the show notes. We would love your support. To spark joy for us. (laughs) 
Um, we're members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network. You can find them at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio.com. In particular today, I want to call out Loud Women, which is a new show, and I'm calling it out because one of the hosts did a KonMari of <laughs> of her clothing and stuff the other day on Twitter, and it sparked joy for me, and it also it was just a delight, so that is what I'm calling out this week. <laughs> it was so good. It was a very thorough KonMari in that she found her Snapchat spectacles. <laughs> <laughs> just the ultimate find so good so good <laughs> yeah um yeah is that everything that's it yeah thanks for listening y'all you spark joy <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> this is too much <laughs> okay um, okay we'll see you next time bye bye Oh, we have to bring this full circle at the end of the episode. Don't forget. Oh, do we? Yeah, you had a you had a thesis. Oh fuck. We'll get back to that. <laughs> Should I hope I remember it by then? <laughs>